We're going to talk some hoops with our, our man, uh, Jonathan Adams. And, of course, he is the high school uh, boys high school basketball coach for Notre Dame, but such a basketball man himself. And we appreciate the time, Jonathan. Good to have you back on Sport Talk. Happy Friday to you, my friend. Hey, happy Friday to you guys. It's been it's been a while. Glad to be back on with you. Yeah, man. Uh, let's start with Russell Westbrook. I mean, just talk about that. I mean, that is just. I mean, we knew we we've known this since his pro career started. I mean, he's a triple double machine. But I mean, when you start talking Oscar Robertson stuff, I mean, that's 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 Hall of Fame material. I mean, I, I think there's no doubt about that. What are your thoughts? You know, it's pretty wild that we we get to see history. Um, kind of right before our eyes, you know, the first time that he had the triple-double in the season, you know, uh, that was the first time since Oscar, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of people didn't get to see Oscar play. And, uh, and so they first saw, you know, that's the first time they saw that. And then now to do it four out of the last five years is, is hard to even believe I just said that. But, um, you know, he, he is uh, – he's very unique. Uh, he's he's going to go down obviously as a first ballot Hall of Famer. I I, I w- wish that he could get a championship and really solidify his his legacy. But these numbers that he's putting up are are, are ridiculous. And it's it's odd too because if you remember those old uh, Thunder teams with Durant, Harden, and Westbrook, what a what a tree! I don't think all of them had fully grown into the basketball players they are today when they were together. Uh, but Westbrook, for whatever reason, he's he's kind of the the third wheel. You know, he doesn't get talked about as much. Yeah, and I, I think you know from what I see, you know, a lot of people um, kind of applaud how hard he plays. But a lot of people don't like his game, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I kind of caught myself in that as well. I think he he is not as efficient as KD or James Harden is, and I think that's why he kind of gets the short end of the stick. But, you know, he, he goes and gets numbers that, you know, only a handful of guys in the history of the NBA could, could do. So, you know, I... You know, I just it, I think that's kind of the reason why you see that is, is some, a lot of people uh, love how hard he plays, but don't necessarily love his game. Define efficient because are you talking about just like shooting percentage, or are you talking about distribution of the basketball, or you know? Yeah, no, I, yeah, that you know he doesn't have um, if I and, and again I want to make sure that I say I'm nitpicking here when it comes to to superstars, you know. Um, but I don't think he has the passing gift of a LeBron, let's say, or even James Harden. Um, and he's not as as uh, James Harden you know, actually passes it. Oh, what? I'm just yeah, I know, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, but you know, you know, um, and I don't think he scores it as smoothly and as well as KD, right? So I think that's kind of why people gravitate towards those two guys um, because um, you know, I think. Russell Westbrook shooting like thirty percent from three. He shot twenty something from three last year. He shot sixty something percent from the free throw line. And for a guard, that's horrible. Yeah, you know, a yeah. guard in the NBA is horrible. And so that's why they, you know, kind of, um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily love his game. But then, you know, I, I challenge anybody to find anybody that plays harder than than he does. So I think people have his. Uh, I think he, people. Um, admire him for that, as I've said, but not necessarily uh, how his game looks. Well, he's got a chance to, uh, was it tie or break Oscar Robertson? I think it's break 
the record for triple doubles Saturday night, 7 o'clock. I think it's Ty. I think it's Ty also. I think so, yeah. So anyway, you get a chance to see that. Now, what do you make and and what's your take on LeBron James? uh, And, and, you know, Joe's a big Lakers guy, but he just didn't think that that whining about the play-in type thing and saying whoever, you know, come up with that should be fired. It's just it's just not a good look for LeBron James. I mean, I think it, and I'm sure he gets frustrated and he wants to just tell it the way it is all the time because he's always kind of calculated and making sure he says the, you know, what he thinks is the right thing and all that type of stuff. But um, you just can't whine about it, especially when the injuries have hurt your team and put you in a place to where you're probably going to be in that. And play that's end why it. he's whining about it now. To he's his, frustrated. In his defense, yeah. uh, I agree with him. I think it's it's. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure why they're doing it, but um, yeah, just yeah, be the professional and you know and and hope you're not in the play-in tournament. Yeah, and I think I think it would have been better received. If when they were playing well and he was playing well, if he would have said it then, yes. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that where people have the problem isn't necessarily what he said, but him and Luca and all them both, uh, you know, and Mark Cuban, everybody that has said it are the ones that are in that spot. But they aren't saying anything now that they aren't in that spot anymore. You know, and and I think that's the that's where it looks bad is, well, you weren't saying this when you were the two seed or the one seed. You know, if he, if he would have said this in the beginning, I think the NBA would have taken notice. But now it comes across as, you know, whining and complaining and, you know, and, and those type of things because they have a chance to be in there. Because, you know, LeBron is looking at it from his standpoint like, look, the playoffs are hard enough. I'm already beat up. I'm already in year 18. So to play extra games is not great for me, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, but I think if he took a step back and looked at the bigger picture, um, I was watching Shaq the other night, and I think he had a great point that it was great for the bubble, and I think it's good for this year because of COVID and the shortened season and, you know, to try to get extra games, right? It's all about money for the NBA. That's why they did it, right? Sure, no doubt. So to, to get those extra games because they're missing those games in the regular season. So I understand that. But moving forward after this year, I would not be a fan of the play-in tournament. Because if that's the case, why why fight for an eight seed or why fight for a seven seed? You know, to get in the playoffs when you just have to, you know, uh, play make, into it. Yeah, make know. the play-in group. Right. So you know, you better off just sitting at the ten seed and maybe resting guys for some games. And you know, like, hey, we're gonna be in the play-in seed anyway. It doesn't really matter if I'm seven through ten. So. You know, so I, I think that could backfire on the NBA if they're not careful. But I do think for this year, because of the shortened season with COVID and last year with the bubble, it was a great idea. But moving forward past this year, I, I would say they, they need to get rid of the tournament. Need to go back to uh, eight teams in the East, eight teams in the West, which is it's ten teams uh, this year, four being play-in, uh, seven through ten seed, like Jonathan said, is a play-in. Uh, type tournament. Now, ironically, we got Lakers and Blazers battling for that uh, sixth seed, which means you're not in the play-in tournament. And they have the exact same record, 37 and 29. They play tonight. And, of course, uh, Anthony Davis goes out of the last game with back spasms, Mm -hmm. but he does say as he'll play tonight. But, I mean, the Lakers are just... They're and not that they're they couldn't. Thin ice right not, here. Right, so I was about to say that not that they couldn't come back and win the whole darn thing if everybody got hot and got healthy, 
but they're on thin ice, just like Joe said. I mean, this is this game tonight ought to be a battle. It, you know, it, I think the one byproduct of of the uh, that is good for uh, of the play in is now these last like five or six games are playoff games, right? I mean, they have that same kind of feel. Uh, this is a huge game because I think if Portland wins this, they win the series, the season series over the Lakers. And if they finish with the same record, they would have the tiebreaker. Yes. So, you know, it, it is, it is, uh, this is a, a major. Joe, you okay? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, are you, I mean, you know, are you in depression over there? I'm worried about you. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, you know, I've just, I've just been hanging back, uh, hanging out, waiting to see what happens. Uh, I think we're going to be okay, but we need to get healthy. I mean, that's, uh, Caruso can only do so much. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, man. We'll hey. see. You know, I just hey, listen. I got some wine for you in the back of the meeting. It's no, it's no big deal. Excellent. Hey, so now let's let's take a, a trip over to the Eastern Conference. And listen, I have no allegiance to this team. I just grew up with them. I've, I've seen what they can be and what what uh, their arena can be. Uh, that the Garden, of course, is what I'm talking about. And how good is it to see the Knicks successful again? Uh, they're four seed right now at 37 and 29 in the Eastern Conference. Now I'm just I'm just happy to see them in playoffs in the same sentence. Yeah, it's certain franchises that that in order for the NBA to be at its best, they need to be good, right? And the Knicks are definitely one of those. Um, it's been sad to see what they've gone gone through the last decade, uh, kind of being the laughing stock of the NBA. And it's just great to see, and they and they're doing it really. I mean, I know Julius Randle's playing incredibly well, but I wouldn't call him a superstar. No. I mean, he's playing like it right now, but I, but in general, over the course of his career, I wouldn't call him a superstar. Um, and and really, role guys, right? Um, and they're they're kind of a throwback to some old teams. Playing D, um, you know, and just uh, and just hard nose, and so like, almost I, like the John's, almost like the John Starks teams from the nineties. That's exactly what that, that, exactly right. You know, you kind of had that one guy, of course, in Patrick Ewan, and I know John Starks and, and Greg Anthony and, and Oakley and all those guys were good, but you know, it's kind of it's a throwback, and then Tibbs is the perfect kind of personality, yeah. Tom Thibodeau. Uh, for that team, for that city, blue collar, uh, defense, play hard, you know, and so I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm glad to see it. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that, uh, that trade when the Lakers sent Randall away. I thought, uh, yeah, you know, he's, he's a guy I wanted to keep because you, 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 yeah. you could tell he was going to grow into something special. Yeah, I don't, you know, how good would they be with him right now, right? I mean, um, yeah. you know, and, and it would be a great backup without, without uh, Anthony Davis or LeBron. But, you know, he, he, he found his home, and, and good for him. And I'm just, you know, it, like you said, it's just great to hear uh, and great to see the Knicks being back in, in play. What about Phoenix Suns? Your thoughts on them? I mean, they get right currently the, the number two seed in the West, and I know they kind of started to get good a little bit last year, but this I didn't think they were two seed good in their conference. No, not at all. And, you know, we, you're right. They were playing very well in the bubble. But then, uh, you know, it shows how important Chris Paul is to any team. And you can see you can see it. I think we talked about it last year with the Thunder, his impact with the Thunder that he had. And then all of a sudden you got a, a uh, budding superstar in, in Devin Booker, and then all of a sudden 
you add Chris Paul, and now you know he's playing well at 36 years old, and and you know he's just it, it's I would not want to see them in the playoffs. They're explosive. They have a guy that can take over at the end. Chris Paul is you know is going to dog you all night. You know that that would not be a fun playoff series. Uh, you know, going against that team. Well, and that's what I'm thinking too. When we, you know, going back to the Lakers, okay. Well, we all know, you know, like we said, if they get healthy and get hot, they could beat anybody. But I'm not sure. I'm not so sure if they, you know, win the play-in series, or if they're not in this play-in series, but they get the, you know, uh, what would be, what would it be, the third seed, Clippers. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're mm-hmm. gonna have to go through Clippers, Suns, Jazz, possibly to win to win the West. Yeah. And yeah. then play, you know, an Eastern team in the final. That that doesn't look like that's something that's accomplishable this year. So, so you, 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 I mean, you, and you just spelled it out. Think about that road that they would have. That those two, at least two of those three teams, and then you got to either beat probably Philly or Milwaukee or Brooklyn. And, I mean, you know, that would be that would easily be LeBron's hardest championship oh, if yeah. he won it. I think so too. Because because the years that he won it in the East, you know, the East was down, you know, early in the round. You know, I know he had to beat Boston or beat Indiana, but comparatively, it was down. And then, you know, he ran into, you know, the Young Thunder when he beat them, and he, and then he, uh, you know, and then they beat the Spurs. But uh, this would easily be the hardest road to the finals, and then the hardest finals, I think, uh, along with, you know, of course, those get, go to state finals. But the hardest one he had from top from start to finish, if they were able to do it, it'd be incredible. It would be incredible. Uh, so, just we just have a minute or so left. Uh, how are basketball camps this summer? I mean, what you you were so involved with? Uh, uh, I know you. I appreciate you giving us those shorts from Jay Billis's camp. I mean, you yeah. you would you would go all over the southeast doing camp. So, is that yeah. going to open back up to where it was, or are they slowly but surely coming around? What's it look like this summer? Yeah, I think you know. I think uh, people are slowly, uh, slowly but surely kind of opening up. I will be back at Jay Billis, so I'll make sure I bring you guys Sweet. some more gear. Those, um, those shorts are but, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, and, and he switched over to Under Armour, so they'll be even even better, I think. Um, but uh, but yeah, we uh, I'll be up at uh, Jay Billis this year again. Uh, we're having little kids camp, um, and we're limited at forty. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of what people are doing. Uh, opening camps, but limiting the number of people. And that's Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame. We're have, we're having little kids camp the first the first and second week of June, uh, and then I think that's kind of what people are doing is um, is is opening camps, but limiting the number. You know, some camps might have a you know a hundred, but now they might be fifty. You right. know, um, and and we're limited to forty, uh, but uh, you know, it's just good to. And you know, a blessing that we got to have a season, and now getting to have camps. Um, you know, we're going to be going as a team to UTC's team camp, and then we're going down to Coach Schulman's camp down at UAH. Uh, and so we'll, we'll be able to. Uh, it'll look a little more traditional, but we're, you know, obviously not all the way back to normal, but, but obviously better than what it was last summer. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, Anything's an improvement at this point in time, right? Ex- exactly. <laughs> <Just to step laughs> yeah. On the floor every every day, we get to step on the floor. Like I said, it's, it's an improvement than last year. So. No doubt about it. Hey, listen, man, I want you to tell your beautiful mom, Priscilla Adams, that we said Happy Mother's Day and uh, take care of her on Sunday, all right? I definitely will. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. She told me to tell you guys she loves y'all, miss y'all. Uh, she, she 
will, uh, you know, she'll be calling you guys soon. And, Good. And, uh, of course, you know, love you guys, and, and you guys have a great Mother's Day as well. Sounds good, Jonathan. Yeah, Appreciate you, it, man, as always. Have a great thank weekend. Thank you so much. You got yeah, it. Too. Jonathan yeah. Adams, our hoops guru and all-around good dude, and uh, he's just uh, he's he's some, he's some just fun. He's just a good guy. He just, you said it. Straight he's up. just a good guy. That's right.